You're listening to Good Lad Unscripted with your host. <laughs> Welcome back to Good Lad Unscripted, the podcast. I'm Terry Goodlad. It's been a while. Of course, there's been an awful lot of changes in our life. We've moved all the way across the country from Las Vegas to Florida. Much warmer over here. It's uh, New Year's Eve, and I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. Well, long sleeve shirt right now, but outside I can be in a t-shirt. Talking to my dear friend, Brian Tangy. Brian is over in Colorado. How's winter in Colorado, Brian? Uh, it's it started in the mountains, but we haven't seen it down here in the in the metro yet. But hopefully today, they're, you, they're you, claiming. You guys get a beautiful winter because you have so much sun over there, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah over 300 here. We love it. Well, when we were making our move from Las Vegas, we, uh, we swung up through Colorado on our way to Florida because we wanted to spend a couple days with you and your wife, Chandra. Just to give everybody a bit of background, uh, how... I met you guys was actually when I used to be a photographer in the fitness industry. Uh, Chandra was one of the top uh, pro competitors in in figure, and uh, she modeled for me a couple times and met her. And of course, uh, you know, in, in the course of that, met you. And over the years, we've become very good friends. And, and uh, long story short, we ended up there for a couple days, hanging out. And now I, I know your family. I. Uh, you know, I know you. I, I spent more time, obviously, with Chandra uh, because we work together a lot. But you and I have become good friends. I got there. Now I know you guys are, are Christians. Anna and I are Christians, and uh, and it's really, really interesting to to claim that title, but to actually walk that walk. And that's what I wanted to. I, I was fascinated staying at the house with you guys. It was great. It was great being there. It was it was great being a guest in your home. The fascinating part was actually seeing all that stuff that I worked so hard to get better at, seeing what I consider the master, (laughs) (laughs) seeing you with your kids, uh, with your wife, uh, you've got other family members living in the home with you guys. Uh, It's a very, very fast-paced environment. Um, Brian is, uh, just for our listeners, Brian is a... Uh, regional senior manager with FedEx. You've been with FedEx for 21 years. Is that right, Brian? Yeah, yeah 20, 21 years. 21 October. years. You're 47 years old. You and Chandra have been together. You've been married for 22, 22 years, yep. right? Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I look at all of that stuff and I just go, uh, you know, you've got two kids. you got Daniel and Kariah. Uh, Daniel's 16. And uh, and Kariah's ten, so they're getting ready. I, I mean, I uh, to me they were just they were my kids' size. You know, they were toddlers when I remember. It was like boom, already they're grown up. And when we were out there, we went to one of Daniel's football games, and my God, like Chandra is always bragging about her son, right? And and it's just like like every mother, right? <laughs> and then I get there, and holy smokes, this kid is like lightning on on cleats. He's uh, he's got an incredible future as an athlete. Um, how did he finish the year? By the way, I know I know the team struggled a little bit, but he had an incredible year, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He uh, he, he plays receiver and slot receiver and punt and kick return, and uh, he actually led the team in yards for, for yards gained with <laughs> with how bad they were. They uh, they did a lot of they got a lot of kickoffs kicked to them this year, uh, so he got a lot of time to, to run the ball. <laughs> so, but he did. He, 
amazing. I just I, I'm in awe when I watch him run because he just he flies down the field. I was in awe. Like it's not just how fast he is, but his uh, his ability to just view the flow. The kid's got a future in football. He was an absolute yeah. standout. He wasn't just good. He was a standout, an outlier. Uh, so I. With all that background laid, you know, you, you meet so many couples that endure raising their kids. They endure the years together. And then when they're facing those, those empty nester years, you know, when your kids go away and they find that they really don't have much left of a relationship to salvage, and lots of times those marriages fall apart. Now, I know you and Chandra have been through an awful lot. The fitness industry is a very, very challenging place it's kind of like i came from a cop background and uh yeah if you want to get to know divorce lawyers you know just become a cop right and and it's the fitness industry is also very much that way it's a it's a very challenging on on marriages and relationships uh so i know you guys have had some bumps and scrapes along the way but i was there and and you know, I got in the van afterwards, and uh, and I think I told you before we left, but I was talking to Anna about it, and I thought, you know, I was doing, I thought I was, you know, at 62, I thought, you know, I, I'm pretty pleased with where I was in being a dad and, and being a husband and doing all that kind of stuff, and I got there, and I felt like I was just starting out watching you, watching how you deal with your kids, how you deal with Chandra, how you deal with the home, work, how you balance it all, and most of all, how you keep such a positive kind uh, demeanor about everything that you do. And so that's why I wanted to talk to you today is uh, I know I look at that and I know I know you had a, a horrible, I don't know if you call it an accident, you call it a mishap. You only, I mean, your leg was, uh, you know, for a long time we thought you were going to lose your leg, you know, there's stuff like this. So I just, I just want to have a conversation about how you how you deal with these things. I think I've got a good perspective on things, but man, I'm nowhere near where you're at. And I was really inspired and, uh, and just watching you do what you do changed how I do things. And I've become a much better dad and husband and, and everything just, just watching that. But, but where did you, I mean, I know you're this big, strong, tough guy and like that, but you're just this very gentle, kind guy. Where does all this come from, Brian? Well, a lot of it, I think, comes from, you know, comes from my upbringing. It comes from um, just watching my parents. You know, my parents have been married over 50 years. And uh, watching my dad and, and learning uh, from my mom and my dad. And, and also, you know, from the good things as well as the, the, the bad things that, that I grew up with. Um, you know, and I didn't have a bad childhood at all. Uh, my, my dad was in the Air Force and he traveled a lot for work. And uh, I always said, man, I'm never going to have that job, but here I am in this regional job, and that's what I do. I travel for a living, and uh, I'm gone, but, you know, I make sure that when I'm home, my, my time is, is spent, with you know, being present. Um, this working from home is a terrible thing. I hate it because I, I will lock myself in a room, and, you know, <laughs> and uh, it takes away from some family time. But it really, it started, it started with my upbringing. Um, you know, I, I wanted to be... I wanted to be my dad. I wanted to be my family and who they were, um, you know, the, the kind of dad that, that I had and that I always wanted to be. So I just kind of did what, what I thought was right um, for the, really for the best part of, of who I came to be. A lot of it just came from, you know, from my mom and my dad. 
But I mean, weren't there moments? I mean, uh, there's got to be times when you get angry. There's got to be times you get heartbroken. You get, you know, how do you how do you get past the sticky parts when yeah when you don't want to talk to somebody when you think when you you know like I, I know I've been in that at that point. I uh, Anna is not my first wife. You know. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not proud to give the number, but it's it's it's, it's one more than three. You know, yeah. uh, two of them were eaten alive by police work. You know, and and then uh, the rest of it has just been life. And and uh, you know, I I I ran into some snags along the way that I know you've endured, and uh, our marriage didn't survive it. You know, now at the end, uh, you know, Elaine, my ex, uh, we're very very close friends, extremely close. Like every. But we just tell everybody she's my sister now. But uh, she's very close, very involved in our lives, very involved with our kids. But it was something that we agreed that, you know, the marriage just wasn't going to work. And we mutually agreed on that and we moved on. But even that, you know, was still very, very difficult. Um, You know, even, but with that, you know, you found a way through those tough, tough times, uh, you know, and. I mean, and I'm just assuming here, but I know, I know a bit about your life, you know, that's your life, it's private, but 22 and a half years, Brian, there's been some rocky roads, right? <laughs> and yeah, I would, those times when you wanted to give up, did you ever want to give up? Uh, there was times, you know, there, there was definitely times. So, you know, it's early on in, in marriage and being, being, uh, uh, with my with my background, right? I mean, I was I was uh, turned on to porn when I was ten years old, and that destroyed my uh, my mental thought process around women. I thought women were there for uh, toys, for my pleasure. Um, screwed up every relationship I ever had, and it was something that was uh, it, it just it was constantly constantly there. I was always just looking for you know for another. Uh, another, really another notch in the bedpost, so to speak, right? And when I met Chandra, um, you know, she was, man, I just, there was something different about her. I just, this woman, she's amazing. But it didn't, you know, it didn't curb my porn addiction. It didn't curb, you know, the issues that I was, you know, that I was dealing with. And so um, at that time, uh, up until, um, you know, uh, really up until we were, she was pregnant with, with Daniel, you know, we, we, she didn't know about my addiction, um, but it was when she, we were pregnant with Daniel that I uh, was uh, saved. It is when we were stuck in a freak snowstorm in Alamosa, Colorado. Uh, no, no coats. We went down with shorts and t-shirts on, and we couldn't get back over the pass. So we had to stay the night with some friends. And we went to church with them, and uh, that was just God's way of, of just grabbing me. And you know, and and uh, we went to. Uh, we went to this little place called the barn and it was their church there in Alamosa, Colorado. And, uh, man, God just hit me square between the eyes. And, you know, it was at that point that I was like, man, you know what, there's, there's something bigger, better, that there's a way I can do this, but it didn't change me overnight. You know, being safe didn't change me overnight. It was something that was, uh, that's taken a lot of time. And, and to, to say that we had Rocky, uh, Rocky road, uh, would probably be an understatement. It's more like a Jeep trail with a wench, uh, you know, and about a, an 85 incline that we had to, you know, go up and we rolled down the other side. So, uh, we, we have had trials and tribulations that have broke apart most marriages and, you know, and, and 
whether it was me, whether it was her, you know, what it was that the difficult pieces, right? We both had a, had a hand in trying to blow up our marriage and you know, it, it would have been easy. It would be easy to walk away. And that's what I see people do all the time. They turn around, they say, you know what, this, she wronged me. I wronged her. I'm not getting what I need and I'm done. Well, that, that's, that's just, that's shit, mm-hmm. right? It, it, pardon my language, but it is because it's when you make a promise, a promise to your heavenly father about what you are as a man, who you're expected to be and what you have come together in his presence. You, you can't walk away from that. He's not walking away from me, even through all my stuff. So uh, that's the thing. Like the the porn thing. The porn thing is such a common thing. I think with guys and 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 I and being the old fashioned sexist guy that I am, uh, you know, I never thought of it going the other way too. But but I just. Uh, <laughs> saw a friend of mine post something the other day and she admitted that she had she had an addiction to porn and yeah. it was like wow okay yeah i guess it can go both ways can it you know but it really really does it's it's not a harmless thing it really does warp your sense of what oh. that what sex is what what love is what you know what i mean don't you yeah, agree? The science, oh yeah the science behind what porn does to the synapses in your brain uh, it, it's well documented. I mean, it literally changes the chemistry of your brain. And it is, you know, it, it's just as easy for a, a woman as it is for a man to get addicted to something like that. And then it just, it, it just warps, right? It, it changes everything. And you're constantly in a state of, of not only do you have a guilty conscience because porn's not something that you can see. It's not like every other addiction, right? It's not like the guy that's drunk all the time walking down the street or that's high. And, it's not that type of addiction because it's done behind closed doors. It's, you know, it's done in darkness and in secret. And that is something that just eats at you. It eats at you from the inside. And then what does that do? Well, because you have secrets, all of a sudden you start thinking about all the secrets that somebody else has, right? And you're constantly, you're constantly uh, reflecting what's going on inside of you on the other person. And so you're questioning them. You're looking at their phone. You're searching through Hey, what are you, who are you talking to? Are you cheating on me? Right? And so all this stuff is going through your mind. And it's because you're, you're pointing out the speck in someone else's eye, you know, to kind of go to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right? You're pointing the speck in someone else's eye, but I'm not looking at the log sticking out of mine. And so it was always that that point of, there, man, it is, it's so easy on that porn side of the house to just get roped in. And then you think about women differently. You think about yourself differently. You think... All this stuff, but I can see it on a woman's side too of getting addicted because it's it is something that just it messes with you. Yeah, it, it uh, it's it's not something just because of the way I was raised. It's not something that it's uh, you know I was kind of raised with a lot of sexual dysfunction, you know, and so it wasn't anything. A lot of those things were triggers more than they were something that I would find fascinating you know uh and i don't consider that a benefit because that came with a whole other pile of headaches and problems that have plagued every relationship i've ever had uh but uh going back to that it's just such a prevalent thing and it's a thing that i think more and more it's it's not really viewed as a negative thing as much as it would have been maybe 20 25 years ago oh yeah it might have been something you might have been ashamed of before but i mean what we would call porn 20 years ago that's it's on instagram 
you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and so it's just a very much more accepted thing, but I, I, I agree with you. I think it has a, a very definite impact on, on your thought pro. I hadn't thought about the actual, the, the brain function part of it, but that makes perfect sense. Every other piece of behavior does that as well. Violence does the same thing. Gambling does the same thing. Right. Now, uh, I want to get to the part where uh, I want to go back. <laughs> okay, the story about giving your life to Christ, and that was the thing, and you made a very uh, important point there, is that just because you give your life to Christ, and, and, and maybe for those that don't know what that means, we should probably explain what that means or what that process is. But uh, in doing that, it doesn't mean that everything just goes away and everything's perfect, does Sorry. it? That's when the work no. starts. Oh, it gets harder. Yeah. It gets harder. Yeah. Because, you know, at that point, when you when you say, you know, that, that you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and that he died on a cross for your sins, right, and you and you accept that that, that is the truth, right, that, that at some point in time that Jesus lived, he lived for 33 years, and then he died on a cross for us, and his blood was spilled, and he then laid in the grave and rose, right, that's belief in Jesus Christ is salvation. And so that's what I believe, and that's what, what I've, I've given my life to Christ. I am, I am a son of, of, of the Lord Most High. And so by living that life, right, the enemy now is saying, oh, really? Okay. Well, we'll see, right? And so it just it comes at you, and it comes at you hard. And then it comes at your kids, right? It, it, the, the sins of your past come to your kids. And so there's, it just keeps coming. And it doesn't, you know, being a Christian doesn't mean that life's all roses and, you know, and, and golden roads. And, no. <laughs> and no. Walk mud, right? With your kids on your back. You got your, you know, and your, and your, <laughs> you got your kids on your back, your wife by your side, and your arm to the hilt because you don't ever know which way it's coming. Mm-hmm. And you're walking, walking through the crack with your family. And that's what being a man is about. It's, it is hard. This life is hard, but man, it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. It's so worth it to know that no matter what I endure here, right, that my father has a place for me, right? That, and that's the part, this life, I can, I can take care of anything because I know that I'm, I know that I'm forgiven. I know I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm forgiven through my Lord. And that is something that is, is is free. See now, there's there's another part to that too, and 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 I think that was, you know, I remember when I first became a Christian, man, I like Satan went after me hard, and uh, you know whatever was whatever demons were chasing me before I gave my life to Christ, that multiplied by ten afterwards, and it and it did that for years afterwards, and uh, and it wasn't until I got to the point where I actually became highly motivated to actually learn the Bible, like to actually study the Bible, read and learn about God. And the more and more I did, uh, it became more um, um, more a choice. Rather than feel like I was getting, you know, a flag just getting whipped around in the wind, tied, you know, tied behind a pickup truck sort of thing, <laughs> it's just like I have, I realize I have a choice. You know, if I bring God into any situation, the enemy can't be there, you know. The enemy has to flee. And so I just have to be persistent throughout the day, asking for forgiveness for whatever I'm doing. What that takes is a horrendous amount of humility 
And it's just a constant, constant thing, asking forgiveness for things and trying really hard not to do those things again. And you're right, it, it's hard, hard, hard. But, you know, both of us are athletes. We've been athletes our whole lives. Would you want a trophy? Would you want to be that guy that sat on the bench and didn't have a scuff of dirt on his uniform but you got to wear the ring after the championship game, or do you want the guy that's just been all tore up and yeah. Right. And w- that's the thing. Like we complain about things being hard, but I think as men, and I think even women, just as human beings, I don't think we appreciate things that aren't hard. They're not valuable yeah. to us. You know, when we go to the gym and we train, if I go in there and if I can, if I'm, if I'm walking out and I can, and I'm in a great cheery mood and I can sit down after a leg day and just sit down and gobble up some pancakes and I didn't train hard enough and I feel bad about myself and it's harder to live with that than it is with the short, short period of time of discomfort from putting in everything I got into that leg workout. And the thing yeah. of it is, is when you go, and I've got this firm belief that anytime you go at 10% of your capability long enough, you eventually start to believe that's your 100%. Mm-hmm. And if you don't push that 100% and find out where you think 100 is, and then find out that's actually maybe 40% of your capability, and you just keep pushing, your, that's when you, that's when you start to win. And, and it's the same thing with our walk with God. It's the same thing with learning French. If you want to learn French, you know, it's, you know, if you take the easy way, it's going to take you forever and you're never going to learn and you're never going to be respected for it. You're never going to feel that sense of accomplishment. That's why boot camp is hard. That's why preseason training is hard. That's why everything, anything worth having is hard. And so we talk about it being hard, but don't you agree that, what, would you want it to be easy? This is no. this is Christ. This is eternal salvation. You know, would you want right. you want to be just handed that, or do you want it to be easy? No, I want to know God. And the crazy thing is, is that man, it's a lot of work. Like I got, you know, my days are long. Your your days are long. We have these crazy long days, right? And uh, and then, yeah, there's times when I just you know I just like to stare at Netflix for a while. But, you know, I'll take that Bible out and I'll do, I'll do a half an hour with my Bible. And, and sometimes it's just like, oh, man, why am I doing this? I just don't want to do this right now. But when you do it and you know you did it, you feel better. It's just like when you sit there and watch that porn that you know you shouldn't watch. Yeah, you get a fleeting second of, of seconds of gratification, but that weight of guilt, it just bogs you down for everything else that you do, and it taints everything else you do, no matter how good. Whereas yeah. doing this, yeah, it's hard, but the thing of it is is that also taints everything you do in a positive yeah. way. Don't you agree? Agree. Yeah. And, and Terry, I think, you know, you, you, you said it perfectly because for the first, probably until I became saved, right? Chandra and I, we didn't fight. We never had arguments. It, it was the weirdest thing because we were both living lives that were not true, right? We were, we were not being honest with each other. We had put each other up on pedestals and we were, you know, always trying to make sure that we take care of each other's feelings and the whole, we didn't fight for like six and a half years. And that's a, that's a joke because that's not marriage, right? That's not marriage. Marriage is, is you love that person so much, but they frustrate the living daylights out of you, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, since, since we aired out and we became honest with each other and we put God where he belongs at the center of our relationship, marriage got a lot harder. But man, it got so much better. It got so much better when we were honest with each other, when we actually did the work, 
and we did, you know, and, and we, we make the time for one another so we don't lose out on who we are. And my kids get so pissed at me because I take, I still date my wife, right? I date my wife because they're like, dad, can we go see a movie? No, I'm taking mommy to a movie and dinner tonight, right? Or <laughs> we're going, mom and daddy, me, we were first, right? We were first. You guys are second, yeah. right? God's first. We're second. They're third, right? right? That's, that's the way it really goes. But when we, when we date each other, we make sure that when we are empty nesters, that we have set, not only do our kids see what a relationship is about, they see a man and a woman fight for each other, argue with one another in a loving way, work through our crap together, and come together, and I just come by in the morning, give her a kiss, smack that beautiful butt of hers, and say, <laughs> yeah, I love you. Right? And my son sees that, and he's like, my dad, right? that's how I want to be. I want to be like that. Right. And that, that's so important that it is, if anyone ever tells you marriage is easy, they're lying or they're selling you something. Yeah. Or they're not trying. Yeah. You just mentioned something about your about Daniel. Daniel's 16 now, and when I was there, and again, it was just weird for me because I've, um, you know, haven't been to Colorado to see you guys a lot, but I'll see, you know, Chandra will send pictures of you guys or, you know, whatever, right? And I see this little boy, and then all of a sudden this is like this grown almost a man grown young man driving a car and uh and he's and he's got a girlfriend <laughs> right yeah. and he's there and and uh do you worry about him going down the same path as you or like let me ask this and, and all the things that i do really really well there's some things that i fail at and i fail at chronically and i'm i work on those things those are the things i work on hard every day and they're hard ones and then I see my little kids and they're playing with each other and one's being the dad and one's being the kid and one's being the mom and like that, right? And and then I, I hear them replaying daddy and I go like, oh God, <laughs> please help me. You know? And it's just like, okay, I'm changing that today. That That's done today. You know what I mean? Do you look at your son and go, oh, or because I look at him I look at him at the, at the amount of time we were, we were there for a few days and I look at him and I go like, man, that's an incredible young man, you know, and, and he's done such a good job. You've done such a good job, in my opinion, of preparing him for the world. He, I, I watched his decision-making processes. I watched how he deals with conflict. I watched all of it and I see so much of you there. I see some of his mom there too. Uh, but I see so much of you there. Do you look at him and go like, ah, I wish you would have done something different? No, no. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, <clears throat> growing up, I didn't have, you know, my, my parents did a fantastic job raising me, but we didn't have a lot of those hard conversations. We didn't talk about sex. We didn't talk about, you know, at the time it wasn't really prevalent like it is today with pornography. It was, you had to go find a, a playboy or a penthouse, you know, and, uh, something, but it was something, you know, a lot of those type of conversations, my, my mom and dad didn't have with me. Um, and I'm not willing to allow my son to be caught up in the things that I was caught up in. Uh, so I have conversations with him. You know, we've been having conversations with him since he was very little. The first time he ever had a sleepover, we talk about your body, right? Making sure nobody touches you, right? Because in this sick world, you just don't know. And we, we've very much been, um, maybe a little bit too over, 
like spilling over the cup with things that we I've talked to him about, but I just feel that he needs to know. And so I've, I've had conversations with him about um, my struggles as a man from the time that I was very little to today, right? That, the struggles that I've had with porn and, um, and how it has affected my life and what it does to your brain. And, you know, it, it, then I've had conversations with him uh, about lying and about just how you, you will always get in more trouble for lying than you will if you just tell the truth. So it is, I sit him down, I have conversations with him, and I think sometimes he looks at me like, oh my gosh, I wish my dad would just <laughs> go watch television or something. Um, but I have conversations with him that are real, right? And I think that that's what really why he is becoming the man that he is, is because he he's able to see this world and able to see the evil in the world, but yet he can see the beauty in this world. Because we're showing we're showing him the way that, that Jesus showed us, right? And we're not doing it perfectly. We're doing it the best way that we that we know how. But we're, we're showing him through love. You can make mistakes and we're still going to be here. Now you can get expelled from school. He got, he got kicked out of school because him and a buddy actually, uh, you know, they, they pulled up a porn site. And I tell you, Terry, I lost it, right? Because I've had conversations with him. And it was, it was at that point, I, you know, yelling at my son at the time but it was something that changed him he was like and, and, and i went in later and i apologized and i said daniel i know i cussed at you i know i yelled um i'm sorry i'm sorry that i did that but i i need you to understand what can happen he's like no dad i needed it i needed to hear it that way and so you know i'm just real with him i treat him i don't treat him like a child to a degree in conversations, I make sure that, that he understands and I use appropriate words for his age because we've been doing it with him and we've been doing it with Pariah since she was little. But we use the right words and the right conversation with them so they know what what is right and what's wrong. And that's something that I think has really helped him and shaped him. And, um, you know, I mean, he's got a sign over the, or a flag that he hangs in his room that he looks up at every night and it says virginity rocks, right? I know that's some, I remember the flag. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I remember some, I know some YouTuber or something, right? There's uh, uh, somebody out there, but I don't know who, where it's from, but you know, he values that and he values what, what it means. And, you know, and his little girlfriend, she's a beautiful young girl. And what I love about it is he's showing her, her value. Wow. That's powerful. You're absolutely right, uh, and thought of it that way. But that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, you know, that's that's that's. I'm just thinking as you're saying all this stuff, and I, I uh, again, I'm learning from you. You know, uh, and and this is the great thing about being a Christian is you know you you, you can't be a a good christian and not be humble you have to be humble if you're arrogant you're missing the point right and yep. and uh and and the cool thing is is that it just makes it so much easier to talk to a buddy that's a christian because you can do it in complete humility and at 62 i can be learning from a 47 year old guy about being a parent and i'm on my second wave of parenting i did it once when i was 18 i'm doing it again at 62 right and uh and and still learning things and that's what god does is he just brings us what we need to get better you know but that's a that's a great point you know you think about this boy and navigating what he's doing but also you know we got to think about what he's putting into his loved ones his future 
the people yeah. that want to be with him too, right? You know? Yep. And the thing is, is that, you know, I, I, I said something, you know, like your kids, I don't know how many times I've sat there and preached to my kids about stuff that I want them to know. And, and you know, Cadence is the best. You know, she's just always got a smile on her face and she's nodding her head and then she'll kind of look over here and get distracted and then look back and smile. It's just like, you just can't wait for it to be over, right? But the thing is, is that, you know, they hear it enough times, it sticks. They may not want to yeah. hear it, but they don't get to miss hearing it, you know? They, they, yeah. they, and it does stick and it's going to mean something at some point in time. I mean, I, I think back now about stuff that people told me, it's like, oh God, I got to endure this right now. But I remember it now, you know, and it's, it's all stuff we, we give them and prepare them with. Now, Karai is a sweet, 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 oh my gosh, sugary, sweet little girl. Um, yeah. Do you raise your kids differently, your, your sons and your daughter, your son and your daughter? Um. I think to a certain degree, there's a there's a piece that I do differently with Daniel than, I, than I've done with Pariah, um, and, and really it, it's more of just uh, both my kids know that I love them tremendously. Yeah, and because I, I don't let a day go by without telling them, which is you know is, is I, I think they they have they they have to know. Right, they have to know their parents love them, uh, so they don't go out later and, and look for the love of a parent uh, in in the wrong places. Right, um, but with Daniel, uh, it, it's it's always been the outside type of thing. Right, it's always he's 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 just that athletic boy. And Kariah, she loves to bake. She loves to play with dolls. She, you know, and and I I want her to be. Um, very athletic and to play and to do these things. Uh, but I want her to be her. And so, you know, I get down and, you know, I've had my nails painted. I've had my makeup put on, um, you know, I, I wear my pajamas to Walmart with my daughter because we were having a jammy day and we needed to run to the store, you know? So I, I, I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> I think I'm a, I'm a, a lot less serious, but not, any less strict, if that's the, the right way to say. It. Well, I think Chandra picks up the ball with that. Like I, I look at it from an early age. Like Cole is three, uh, Emma's five, Katie six, and um, Katie is a very advanced six-year-old. You know, like she thinks she's fourteen, fifteen right now. And so uh, I, I notice with with the girls though, uh, like Emma, Emma's a cowgirl, and she's tough as nails right katie's a princess and uh and and then cole is three and he's a mama's boy right but he also loves daddy right and so everything's trucks and you know daddy <laughs> we were laughing about this yesterday i was like man i'm training as hard as i can train right now just to keep up with his expectations of me because he thinks i can beat anybody you know you know the toughest guy out there i drive you know <laughs> so there's all of that i i look at it and my interactions with my kids are very age specific, but you hit on a good point there. There's, I see with Cadence how Cadence treats me is she treats me very differently than she treats mommy. And so I don't try to, I stay in my lane, you know? And yeah. so I'm a lot like you, like I'll sit there and I, you know, we'll do the things I sit there and I you know, look at dolls and she explains everything about a Barbie and you know what the Barbie's doing and, and I'm completely riveted, right? 
um, you know, where Cole, you know, he wants to trucks and stuff like that. And uh, so I think common interest, but there's just some gender things that are very, very different. My, my kids are very, like my little boy is not confused about his sexuality. Neither are my girls. Right. And, uh, and we're not going to allow anything into their life that is going to confuse them. Uh, they're very just naturally being what they are, and I'm not going to bring that into question for them. Uh, they're not old enough to decide that. I mean, Cole still pees his pants. I don't think he has to make life's decisions about his gender or anything like that at this Me point. Too, brother. You know, and so anyway, uh, but but it's, so I, I don't force anything. I just go along with where they take it. But I'm kind of with you there where um, the girls, it's not like they brush me off, but they mimic mommy. So my relationship with Anna is pretty light. Like we try to keep the serious stuff away from our kids. And uh, we talk about that in private. Um, but we also talk about there's some things you just can't wait to do in private. You know, we don't fight in, in front of the kids, that's for sure. We don't fight that often. We disagree on, on a, a lot of stuff, but we always work it out. And in our family, at the end of the day, the way Anna, and one of the things I struggle with, and this is something I want to talk to you about too. I know this is going to be a little bit normal, longer show than normal, but I want to talk to you about this. This is something I personally struggle with is this Christian concept that the man is supposed to lead the household. And I've always been one of these things that we do it together. And it's, so I've been studying that the last couple of weeks and I realized, man, I'm just so wrong. And, uh, since I've taken over that leadership role in my heart and going, okay, I'm doing the right thing and I'm not taking anything away from my wife, you know, it's just, Brian, it's been night and day. Because yeah. like she says, I want, I want that, you know? Yeah. And since we've done that, the roles are very, very balanced. And how that changes is my little girls are just very adoring and almost patronizing you know they, they want to show daddy this and but they they started treating me very very differently before they were almost sometimes indifferent and it's kind of brushed me off a little bit because i'm a guy right now they treat me very differently because i lead and they respect that and then with cole even cole has gotten a lot stronger and so this idea of equality yes it's equality but it's somebody's got to lead somebody's got to drive the bus you know, yeah. and and you're gonna if you get, try to get two people in that driver's seat, you're just gonna end up making a mess of it. And and uh, so that was something that I had a hard time with before, but that was my own thing. I was raised by a woman. There was no man. You know yeah. what I mean? And so uh, I've got a tremendous amount of respect for women in their role, especially single moms and what they have to do because they have to wear both hats. And so I never wanted to take anything away from Anna. And her thing is that she wanted me to take it away because she didn't want to be she didn't want that role. She wants yep. her role, right? And so since I've done that, and again, watching you with your family, you know, you very much have a very distinctive, uh, you're distinctly the leader in that home. Um, and when I say leader, uh, you know, my misconception was is that, you know, you're bossing people around and telling them what to do, and it's not like that at all. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, you know, the way that I view, and this, and this is something that I view at work as well, but leadership, uh, leadership isn't, you know, you know, you sitting at the back cracking a whip on everybody ahead of you, right? It, it, it's you up front leading the way, pulling them through everything that, that is going through, taking the arrows and deflecting the things that are coming at them. And so that, that equates from work as well as it does to your family life. Mm -hmm. And 
for being the leader of this house, it doesn't mean that I don't value and uh, need my wife's opinion, you know, that I don't need her input. Uh, but there are certain things that are, uh, that, that have to be, the man needs to, in my opinion, the man needs to be the one that takes that, uh, that role in the family. <laughs> uh, and, and my wife needs that. She needs to know, right. That, 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 that I am there for her. I've got her back. I'm going to support her. Right. But I'm also going to make sure that this house is taken care of and that, that no matter what happens, we're, we're going to be the ones that, you know, mm-hmm. so somebody comes through that door, right. I, I'm going downstairs in my, in my underwear uh, and armed with whatever, but my family is going to be safe. Come hell or high water, my family is right. going to be safe. And so I think that, you know, there's another way to think about being a man in a relationship and a marriage is servant leadership. You know, I, I lead by loving and I lead by showing my family what it means to be a good man in this world, what it means to be respectful. Uh, my mother-in-law lives with us. She's lived with us for, oh my gosh, since 2008, okay? since 2008. And it's, it is tough sometimes. She is a full-blooded Italian woman. And sometimes I come home and I find my tools. I can't find the thing left on the counter because she cleans. And, you know, and that's her way of loving is she likes to clean. And, and sometimes clean is let's just hide everything in a drawer somewhere. Right? So, uh, but it is, you know, it, it's, you, you, ha- you have to love to show leadership, in my opinion. And that's something that I think that, you know, that I'm, I'm trying to show my son and my show my daughter because eventually when they go off and, you know, whether Daniel ends up with the young lady he's with or, you know, whatever, um, with Kariah down the road with whatever husband she has, they're going to know what it means to have a good leader and a good man in their life mm-hmm. and be that man, you know, in somebody else's life as well. Well, and I think also it's the importance of having, again, being raised by a single mom, you know, uh, now this is just my mom. I'm not saying every single mom is like this, but, uh, you know, I, I watch Anna with our kids. I watch, I watch Chandra with your kids and and uh, and many of our other friends with their kids. And moms are taking care of a lot of that emotional needs. And I, I honestly couldn't do what, what Anna does because it's just, it's just nonstop all day long. And, and yet she'll bite back at them and like that. And, you know, they sort of, you know, they straighten up and then they kind of rebound and like that. If I, and, and this is the thing, like we had an agreement early on where she disciplines the kids. I don't discipline the kids. If it comes to the point where I have to discipline somebody, uh, it's somebody's really screwed up. Right. Yeah, and they know if, if, yeah. And so the thing it is now we don't spank our kids. Um, <clears throat> Uh, it's it's definitely it was that was my choice, but also it was uh, we had kids through the foster system, and you can't spank kids. You can't use corporal punishment, or you lose your license. And so you have to find other ways to do it. And and where I found those other ways, honestly, was in the Bible. It's just uh, you know understanding my kids, understanding what they're going through, understanding where their brain development is at, understand their personalities. I had to take the time to understand my kids. So I had to take the time to spend with them, to listen to them, to watch how they do things. It's giving me a barometer reading or their interpretation of me and their mother 
And then if there's something wrong there, I have to solve that problem. That's my responsibility. And as the one that's shoveling coal all day long, I got to make sure the train stays on the track. Uh, if I'm not doing my job, then she has to shovel coal and make sure the train's on the track, which is not fair to her. You know, and here I think I'm doing some big wonderful thing for her. All I'm doing is just crippling the family and doubling her up on everything. She's responsible for everything now. And so she likes this very much because she can focus on, she homeschools our kids and she plays with them. And well, I'll look at that and I'll go, okay, I think we would might benefit from a little bit more structure here at this particular time in the day. So I take her aside and say, okay, here's what I think. What do you think? Okay, so let's make sure this gets done then, and this is how I think we should do it. How do you feel about that? Yeah, okay, that's a great idea. Okay, let's do that. That's my job as a leader is to recognize when there's a problem and then fix that problem. And I like your, I like your analogy of, of equating it to work. It's the same way. If you're the guy that just sits in the back and cracks the whip, you're going to be cracking the whip at nobody because everybody's going to quit. You know, you have to... As, what I always preach uh, from an executive management position... Uh, when I'm teaching middle managers what to do, I tell them their job is to serve the person that they're responsible for. You make sure they have everything they need, that they are personally taken care of, that they are taken care of professionally. You support them and then you train them. And you evaluate them all the time, let them know where we're at, challenge them, give them things they need to work on. That's what leadership is, is it's serving them and taking care of them. And and lots of times we don't think of that in leadership. We think of it as the guy in the back cracking the whip. But if you're cracking the whip, you're failing as a leader. You're just a, 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 you're just a failed dictator is all you are. Uh, leadership is really um, caring for, taking care of the people that you're, and that's really what leadership is. And so I like, I like how you explain it there, you know, the way you are with your son, the way you are with your daughter, you're very, you know, you're, yes, you're Daniel's best friend, but there's never a point when I was there that I saw that, that week that you allowed that to weaken the leadership. You know what I mean? And so from that, I see him and I see him, how he, he takes the lead in his own decisions and what he's doing too. And he's going to, he's, he's going to confer with you, but I can see that boy in a couple of years when he goes to college, he's going to be fine. And, he's, yeah. and I see him with his friends at school. He's not the kid that's running around doing all the stupid kid things. He's the kid that's yeah. making the more responsible. He's still having fun, but he's making the responsible decisions. And so you become a leader. And this is where I've been failing is that, you know, I, I'm thinking that I'm taking Anna's dignity away by being a leader, and I'm not. And uh, she's told me that, learned it from the Bible, and like I said, I, I didn't just read a, a passage, I actually studied it for a couple weeks and realized, wow, I, I thought I was doing a great thing for my wife, and all I've been doing is crippling her and making it harder for her. And that's why yeah. she's, she doesn't want to be bossed around, but she wants right. a leader. She wants somebody to take that lead because she's busy shoveling coal over here, you know? So, but uh, yeah, I watched you do that. You're, you're, you're just a great dad, great husband, Brian. You're just an inspiration to everybody, man. I wish you, I guess I wish you guys were closer. Are you going to, how long are you going to be with FedEx? Uh, (laughs) When you started, when you started, did they, had they gotten rid of the Pony Express yet or? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been an interesting ride, and it's just going to be uh, it's going to continue to be um, even even more crazy as we move forward. Technology is making this industry something else. 
So I'm, I'm very blessed to be where I'm at. I love I love my job. So I, I got I got probably at least ten more years with FedEx. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that. I Colorado for it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you end up in Florida. Listen, it's great talking to you, man. I really appreciate you. Uh, I, you don't have a website or anything like that. If anybody had any questions and wanted to reach out to you, Brian, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, through, through email. Uh, really is probably the best way. Um, okay. It's, uh, big oh, Nat. Go ahead. Yeah. Big Nat 0612 at iCloud.com. It's my first name with my last name spelled backwards. And then the, the date, marriage okay and then what i'll do is i'll put a link there so if anybody's got any questions about what we've talked about today you can contact brian or you can contact me thank you very very much brian it's always a pleasure talking to you brother um it's uh it's new year's eve are you guys staying home yeah okay well listen man thanks everyone for listening uh podcast is going to be back regular thing again i sorry we uh this whole move across the country kind of pumped the brakes on everything so we're back expect uh, at least a couple of podcasts every week i don't have day set yet but just keep coming back checking back the website goodlightunscripted.com for the next episode thanks for listening god bless and happy new year